feel like we should have the dragon sword uh flute yeah go ahead make that sound <laughs> all right dragon sword yeah hi guys we uh, put a pause on my little pony now we're doing my little dragon zord my, my little power rangers oh gotcha um yeah so everybody we did put a pause on my little pony we're probably going to come back to it because i did read down a little bit and it looks like it's going to hit up some more action and we want to make sure that we do finish stories that we start um but we don't want to have to you know do like eight weeks straight of one particular story so i will try to do better by all of you by picking shorter stories that we can get through in more succinct times um but for today's episode um and probably the next two weeks we're going to be doing Power Rangers Dino Thunder Neo is the name of it. Um, and it is on fanfiction.net. We will put the link in the description. Um, and it is created and written by Metamorphic Machine. If you guys are on fanfiction.net, make sure you go check it out. Um, I believe they have some other stuff on there. Nope, just one story. And their name is Matt with one T. Uh, I don't approve of that as a Matt with two T's. Well, they just nobody gave them the second T. Dang. Um, so this is uh, this one has a decent amount of reviews on it, and it's been favorited eleven times. So you know, for a fan fiction, we're just going to go with it. It's also old. It's January, or I'm sorry, June 9th, two thousand six. So he gave up writing fan fiction after this. Um, anyway, uh, well, I he did it so well. I have only skimmed through it, um, but it's Power Rangers. We grew up with Power Rangers, maybe not Dino Thunder. I kind of remember a Dino Thunder, but I don't know where it sits in the timeline. I don't think I was watching then. I only remember watching like before school and before doctor's appointments. <laughs> I, right. I mean, I re- I, anything past the TV show in the 90s, I'm lost. So Yeah, but like the original TV the show. The original, yeah. Which I probably didn't even finish that whole television show. So yeah, I don't I don't remember where it ended, so I couldn't. And that one movie, I, I think I did watch. Which one with the uh, um, the Uzi guy, purple ooze guy? I think so. That sounds that right. What? Ivan Ooze, I, I think. Right? Yeah. Is that yeah. Where's that? Hold on. Let me look. Power Rangers movie. Uh, 19 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie a 1995 film Oof. Oh. time travel <laughs> giant eggs on earth on a construct yep that was it um, it was the ooze thing the vengeful ooze anyway um, so yeah there was a movie and I just remember all the merchandise that came out when that happened um, but yeah so there's that. We're going to go through the story and at least start it and see where we end up for today. So hopefully everybody's ready. Do it. All right. Power Rangers Dino Thunder Neo. Prince Genesis, Mesagog's successor, has arrived at the Dino Thunder Rangers and the Dino Thunder Rangers are called back for a new adventure. Trent Ferdinand is nominated by their mentor, Dr. Thomas Oliver, to become the leader of the Power Rangers. 
This is a fill-in story that explains how Connor, Ethan, and Kira became well-known. The concept was inspired by the Power Rangers SPD episodes, History and Wormhole. This Trent Kira fanfic has been rated rated M for adult themes and issues and detailed battle scenes. Disclaimer, all characters and themes except Phoenix and Raptor Ranger are owned by Disney. Disney owns Power Rangers? Um, Guys, Disney owns everything. That's why true. do we even why do we question that? All right. Reef side. <laughs> Two years have passed since the fall of Messagog. Dr. Thomas Oliver, Trent Ferdinand, Kira Ford, Ethan James, and Connor McKnight resume their lives. Four months ago. Tommy Oliver is conducting revolutionary research on dinosaur vertebrae in the cave that once served as the Dino Thunder Power Rangers headquarters. He places the delicate specimen in a high-tech high-tech device. A magnified three-dimensional model shows up on the computer screen. Although in deep concentration, he is soon to be distracted by a multicolored spectrum of light. Tilting his wireframe spectacles to the bridge of his nose, he turns around and gasps. The light came from the five dino gems as if awakened from their dormancy. Among the gems, the white dino gem was the most radiant. Impossible. Tommy was bewildered, but could not help but think of the adventures he had with the Dino Thunder team. How could he forget adding another color to his ranger career? Tommy picked up his black dino gem, bounced it around in his hand a few times, and thought to himself, Dinosaur vertebrae can wait. Something big is coming up. Present day. Trent had just finished sipping on his fruit punch. Sometimes being in the Mercer family wasn't all that great. His father, Anton Mercer, thought it was time for him to socialize with the elitist community. This was the third lunch function he had been to, and not to forget the two dinner balls in the last five months. Finally, his alarm went off. It was time to leave this wretched place. He found his dad in the group and explained, Dad, Kira's Kira's flight is about to land, and I'm going to pick her up. Over the last two years, Trent had kept in contact with Kira via email and phone. Sometimes he would see Dr. Oliver when his father invited them to dinner, but he hardly ever got a hold of Connor and Ethan. (laughs) They kept in contact via email and phone. That's definitely 2006. (laughs) They faxed each other their uh, information. Yeah, uh, I just sent a message on MySpace, and uh, she noticed you took me out of your top eight. Bro, don't do that. That's that's how you start. That is how you lose um, Power Ranger friends. That's true, and that's how they broke um, broke up. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know um, how many how many relationships probably broke up? <laughs> oh yeah, or like you're you mad somebody. At, you're mad at who you're dating. You're like, I'm gonna put them as number two. It's such a passive aggressive <laughs> <laughs> scaling. Yeah. Oh, yep. oh, we oh we not best friends anymore. Yep. Two. You gotta put that that MCR two. on for your song because you're feeling emo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right, son, have fun with the beautiful lady. Anton winked and sent his son off. Trent smiled. His dad has really changed ever since Messagog parted with him. He had been more comfortable, easygoing, and relaxed. However, to keep their relationship this way, Trent knew he had to submit to Anton's wishes once in a while. After all, a successful father-son relationship always requires two-way traffic. That's adorable. Doesn't that work? That's any relationship. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure um, relationships fall apart when uh, when um, 
when you don't have two-way traffic, when you have a one-way street. Yeah. Trying to inform the <laughs> staff that it, oh, yeah, this was just a life lesson moment with Matt and Aaron. Um, Trent informed the staff that he was leaving and gave them a card. Trent Guys, the out. phone goes both ways. Remember that. Okay, continue. That's right. That's that's dang right. You shouldn't listen. Listen. Just just do a social experiment every once in a while. See what happens if you're not the first one to reach out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are all your friends? Air quotes. I know you can't see it. Yeah. Where are they all now? Where they be? Same no place. Way. They just ain't calling you. That's right. They don't care. They're, they're talking to other people. All right. Trent informed the staff that he was leaving and gave them a card. Trent walked out of the main lobby. Within moments, his sports car pulled up in front of him. Trent paid the tip and took off toward the airport. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Get in, losers. We're going flying. Get in, sparkle <laughs> farts. We have chaos to spread. Uh, <laughs> where are we? Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at Reefside. Thank you for flying with easy air. Kira Ford did not didn't like traveling by air these days. Ever since piloting the Terrazord, she couldn't help but remember her old friend that was sacrificed to defeat Mesagog. Kira folded the piece of paper she was writing on and placed it in her bag. The statuesque lady unbuckled the seatbelt, had a stretch, and tried to pat the creases out of her yellow singlet top and denim skirt. Kira jumped out to the aisle and got her guitar out from the overhead cabin. She was very eager to get off the plane. The flight from New York was a pretty turbulent ride. Kira told everyone that she didn't need to be picked up. She wasn't expecting that anyone would be waiting for her. However, Kira had a gut feeling that the other three members of the Dino Thunder team would be waiting for her anyway. As she guessed, one of them was already there. Connor had arrived early because he had to drop off his twin brother down at the International Terminal. With time to spare, Connor decided to call Alexis. Alexis was Krista's cousin whom had an on-and-off interest in Connor's idea of starting the Connor McKnight soccer camp. Unfortunately, each time monetary issues came up and the negotiations went stale. Man, think about it. This is going to be the next hit in soccer. Connor began pacing his horror. To his horror, he bumped into someone and the phone came crashing down to the floor. Connor murmured a quick apology and grabbed his phone and put it to his ear. Hey, Alexis, are you there? Connor was greeted by a familiar sound of beep, 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 beep. Connor got up on the floor to see that the person he bumped into was still there, and it was none other than Ethan James himself. Connor what? laughed. And yeah, Ethan, real. Out of anybody to run into. Guys, I don't know any of these people. Um, Connor laughs and shakes Ethan's hand. Although Ethan was still at Reefside, they only caught up once or twice since the Ranger days. Like himself, it seems like Ethan still hadn't kicked the habit of wearing Ranger colors. But the habit of wearing their own ranger colors. It's like, dude, do you have to wear blue the whole time? Like and every outfit, though. God, jeez, y'all, have a life. All right, um, Ethan laughs hysterically. How's my ex partner in crime fighting? So you're waiting for a crime fighting sister too, right? Connor inquired. That's not how you spell inquired. Um, of course I am. I didn't come out of the airport just to see you mumbling on a cell phone. I thought Trent would show up as well, but I guess he couldn't make it. Ha chew. Trent sneezed. It was obvious someone was take talking about him in broad day daylight. Trent kept on tapping the leather steering wheel. He was getting impatient and was uncommon for a traffic 
jam to occur in these hours. In times like these, Trent could only wish for an invisible portal. Man, Kira's flight had already landed. She'll probably be gone by the time I get there. A while has passed. Kira had finally found her suitcase from the conveyor belt. It was stacked right at the end of the plane's cargo bay. Having collected her luggage, she made her way toward the arrival gates for easy air. Connor and Ethan resumed their conversation. They both agreed that it was strange that Kira had transferred to the mediocre Reefside Music College without any given notice. It was common knowledge that the academy that Kira went to in New York was well known across America. Finally, Ethan concluded that the only thing that can explain such an unnatural circumstance was the dirty work of aliens with mind-altering ray guns. I mean, that's the only reason I would switch schools. Yeah. Connor surely was right. Ethan was still happy to uh, happy-go-lucky joker he knew from high school. Nah, mind-altering ray guns aren't necessary to explain what's happening. Take advice from the level 99 flirter himself. Girls think they are unpredictable. The real skill is playing along with them. Our good old Kira is no exception. A canceled. <laughs> uh, people. In fact, Kira had already spotted them and was eavesdropping on their conversation. This was gold. She had sprung Connor. Well, then level 99 flirter, I would like to hear what you have to say for yourself when Krista hears about this. Connor gulped at Kira. Kira greets her companions and greets and hugs both of them. Uh, when she let go of Connor, her, she faces him and offers a deal. I'll let it pass if you shout me a deluxe, if you shout me a deluxe strawberry smoothie from Haley's, and you can't forget Ethan's banana paradise as well. Shout me? Was that a term in two thousand six? What was it? We shout me when I will let you. I will let it pass if you shout me a deluxe strawberry smoothie from Haley's. Or is that just something they said in the show? I don't know. That's going to mess with me. I'm going to start using that again. Yo, yo, shout me a smoothie, though. Uh, Ethan rubs his hands in glee. Now that's my sis. Oi, that's blackmail, Connor protests. Uh, come on, Ethan, back me up here. Kira gets out her cell phone and pretends to dial Krista's number. Connor eventually gave in. As they were walking towards the parking lot, Kira began to explain why she had suddenly transferred to Reefside Music Academy. Kira explains that her grandma is extremely ill and her parents were hardly ever at home because their annual work schedule has been set on set in concrete. Out of concern, Kira decided to come back so her grandmother wouldn't be as lonely. Ethan was surprised that Kira would make such a big sacrifice, especially when she just signed up with Kylie, Kylie Styles' agent. Yo, this is before Harry Styles was a thing. They're already using Styles' name. Um, it's going to be hard this year because I'll have to record here and send the recordings back to my agent in New York. Ethan, Kira, and Connor walked past the automated doors. Close by, they heard the purr of sports exhausts, and they turned their heads to see a white Mazda RX-8 stop in front of them. The tinted window winds up, winds down to reveal Trent Fernandez wearing a smart business suit. Trent! Kira's eyes shoot up in surprise. I came to pick you up. Do you guys need a lift as well? Ethan and Connor showed their car keys. Kira was confused. Okay, what's going on here? Connor was quick to reply. I didn't know that cyber geek and money bags would show up. I was here earlier because I was dropping my brother off. He's going to Japan for an open ninja training course. I say he'll drop out again. Being the logical one, Ethan explained that he didn't plan to pick her up either, but they all showed up at the right time. 
Uh, thanks, guys. Don't forget Connor's shout for smoothies. There it is again, Matt. All right. Shout. Uh, noun or verb in Australian English refers to the act of spontaneous giving. Its primary um, use is in a, in pub culture, where one person is one person in a group elects to pay for a round of drinks for that group. It may be the person's polite way of leaving the group to go elsewhere. By extension, it can refer to paying for another person's purchase. Oh. Um, something they have chosen or will chosen for themselves as a distinct form of a gift or present. Well, so, so he, he must be Australian. Yeah, or a writer <laughs> must be Australian. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, um, Trent helps Kira put her belongings into the boot. Yep, well, there you go. <laughs> belongings into the boot and her precious guitar in the passenger seat. <laughs> Having loaded everything on board, Kira took over Trent's passenger seat. Uh, while they were on the way to Haley's, Trent and Kira caught up on old times. So Trent wants to go with the suit. Wow, there's so much change of verbiage here. Anyway, uh, so Trent, what's the go with the suit? Surely you weren't thinking I would turn up in an evening gown. Oh. Um, I got caught up on one of my dad's. <laughs> I know that watch. term. <laughs> <laughs> evening gown? Yeah. Uh, I got caught up at one of my dad's lunch functions. Believe me, they're so boring and there's plenty more on the horizon. I got out at the first opportunity. The traffic on the way to the airport was so packed, I didn't get time to change back into normal clothes. Oh, did you bring a date along? Anyone you fancy? Nah, most of the girls were very materialistic. They're just there to do, uh, to outdo each other with their fragrances, gowns, and Louis Vuitton handbags. Not really my cup of tea. So what is your cup of tea, Monsieur Fernandez? Kira asked in a French accent. I like the more down-to-earth type. Kira smiled and looked at Trent. You're implying something, aren't you? Maybe. We're here. I'll be in there shortly. I need to ditch the suit. Oh, starting mm -hmm. to get flirty. He's about to go put on something more comfortable. Mm -hmm. How about um, I slip into something more comfortable? <laughs> it seems it's like more for time. Yeah, he comes out in the, <laughs> comes out the Power Rangers suit. <laughs> Just hear him on the other side of the door. <laughs> Changing into comfies. <laughs> Ugh, it seemed like Trent and Kira had arrived first. It had been two years since she last been in cyberspace, and it seemed like the furnishings and decor have changed to a more high-tech scheme. Kira looked towards the stage where she once performed, but there wasn't anyone performing today. She could remember when she was a teenage girl playing Freak You Out with her in with her yellow Fender Strat. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, it seemed so like yesterday. She started to softly sing the lyrics to herself. Kira looked toward the wall. Her superhero portrait that Trent once drew for her was still there. Kira smiled and heard, heard a familiar voice calling her name. Kira! Kira spun around. It was Haley, who had her arms outstretched for a hug. When she let go, Kira found out that Haley had already known, had already knew she was back for the year and offered her performing stage anytime she needed it. Kira was impressed. Haley was still the kind-hearted information-gathering entity she knew from high school. Shortly afterwards, Trent came in wearing a casual white and blue collared shirt and jeans. Ethan and Connor were behind him. They made their way under Haley's instructions to the back room. They pressed the button on the panel and the door slid to the side. The back room was hidden from view from the main business area 
Oh God. I remember the last time we were in a back room in one of these stories. Hmm. Mm, Twilight it got crazy. It got heated. Uh, the back room was hidden from view from the main business area. It was an extension leading to the back door. It was extremely spacious and had a single sided glass wall that you could see out of, but not see through. This, the room was furnished with comfortable white sofas and a U-shaped formation in the center was a large grain wooden coffee table where laptops were provided. God, 2006 laptops. Mm. Probably like, Don't even get me started. Three inches thick. Uh, the room was furnished with comfortable you know, plasma uh, laptops. Toward the wall facing away from the doorway, there was a large plasma screen. <laughs> that was still a thing back then, plasma screens. That was uh that was top of the line. That was like the money. Mm-hmm. Now it's 4K. When you walk, yeah, when you walk in and your friend goes, it's it's a plasma, and they say <laughs> it like that. Exactly. Um, and a little little lower toward the right was a sound system. The large speakers were attached to each corner of the room. Yep, large speakers too. Man, Bose, look at y'all. Um, out here looking like a fool. Now, this is what I call luxury. Ethan was completely satisfied. Haley walked in shortly after with a deluxe strawberry smoothie, a banana surprise, wild berry blast, and a mango delicacy in paper cups. I heard this was Connor's shout. I haven't changed prices yet, so you could remember the total price. And this isn't as this isn't your first time shouting. <sighs> Matt, the shouting stuff. Just say bye. Yeah, like it's on me. Next round's on me. Connor paid the money reluctantly. Haley, this room is awesome, Trent commented. Um, I think you should thank Tommy. He paid for all of it, and it's all for you guys. He really looks out for you. The opaque glass would be very useful when you need to morph. <laughs> morph? Haley, we're not Power Rangers anymore, Kira responded in a shocked tone. <laughs> in my mind, um, uh, Fernandez is still behind them. The door <laughs> trying to put his claws on. <laughs> he can't morph anymore, so he has to put them on like regular. <laughs> right. I'm all out of morphine juice. Hey, <laughs> uh, let's shut the door and got the team together. Actually, there's something big coming up. Your dino gems have awakened, and Tommy was has found a way to get your morphing powers back. That's incredible. We better find Dr. Oliver, Trent replied. Trent grabbed his mango delicacy from Haley's tray and forwarded and forwarded out. My brain hurts. Uh, the others took his lead, and the team were on the road again uh, toward Dr. Oliver's house. Before Connor left, he thanked Haley. Thanks, Haley. <laughs> That's good writing right there. <laughs> oh my God. Um, if it wasn't for the portability of the paper cups, Connor's money would go to waste because in an emergency like this, they wouldn't have time to finish off their drinks. Always looking out for you, Connor. Trent stepped on the gas, and he had a gut feeling this had to do with Messagog in some way. If he didn't act quickly, maybe the first person to be hurt was, was his father. At all costs, he had to protect all that he held dear. Kira studied Trent's facial expression closely and knew he was worried about the upcoming threat and what they would do to his father. To get his mind off of it, Kira suggested to him that as the White Ranger, he should shoot a few laser arrows at anyone that would try to get near his father. Trent smiled in a situation like this. Kira was still remaining calm and collected. That's only if I become the White Ranger again, Trent thought to himself. Dr. Oliver's house was in view. Trent parked up 
against the black Jeep shortly afterwards. Connor's red Mustang and Ethan's AE 86 Corolla Sprinter Let's pulled go. up to the dirt road. Trent and Kira led the group in the cave where Tommy was waiting for them. It's great to see you guys. Tommy greets everyone. And in my mind, he does like a weird kick because it's Tommy. And we actually do know that one. Uh, Tommy greets everyone. And once once everyone is settled in, Trent was quick to skip the formalities and ask Tommy for a detailed explanation of the current situation. Uh, Tommy opened a metal box with a Dino Thunder insignia on the lid. They weren't prepared for the sudden flash of blinding light and quickly shut their eyes when Trent's eyes adjusted to the light, he noticed that the flash came from the Dino Gems. Impossible! Did we suck the last bit of? Didn't we suck the last bit of Dino energy in them to defeat Mesagog? To back up his explanation, Tommy taps a button on the console. The first generation Power Rangers Zords appear on the screen. He describes each Zord's characteristics and even admitted that he was surprised that the Zords emitted the same type of energy as the Dino Gems. That's crazy. It's all connected, man. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Weren't most of the Zords destroyed by Rito Revolto? Connor inquired. Look. Revolt, Revolto? Revolta? Revol yeah, they put Revolto. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, look at the rest of my video log for the Wild Force. Apparent, apparently Zords with a bond with a nature... Look up the rest of my video log for Wild Force. Apparently, Zords with a bond with nature are known to return to nature. These are the oldest living protectors of the planet. They're responding to this. On a second console was a gigantic striped egg engulfed in a hideous green aura. A mutant chicken is hatching, Ethan joked. I wish it was only a mutant chicken. When Messi got split <laughs> with Anton, he transferred his DNA and a blend of DNA from the best monsters produced by the genome randomizer into an egg and placed it in a hiding ground that was abundant in dino energy. This dino energy nourishment has enabled them to premature quickly and take on adult form. Tommy continued to back up his theory and reads out from his laboratory computers. Laboratory computers. Trent was furious. I knew this had something to do with Mesagog. I, now, I know how you feel, Trent, but don't let this evil get the better of you. Okay, guys, I'm not pushing it on you, but are you ready for the next chapter of the Dino Thunder Power Rangers? This is entirely your choice. I'm in. Messigog's successor must be destroyed, or, or we will be eliminated. Trent extends his hands. The rest of the team had to agree with Trent. There wouldn't be much of a future for them if, they, if the threat on hand wasn't neutralized one by one. They rested their hands on top of Trent's hand. Moved by the courage of the younger generation, Tommy places his hand on the very top. Trent spoke up. Let's begin, Dr. Oliver. Tommy was proud that he managed to groom these four youngsters into responsible adults with a strong sense of justice. The Dino Gems have been charging up for the last few months. When they had their necessary Dino energy required, I realigned the gems in a specific format. In response, the computer systems automatically picked up a max reading. After pinpointing the location, I've discovered that the Dinozords are behind an invisible portal. This means that the dinosaurs are waiting on standby for our arrival to provide us with the necessary link to the morphing grid. Oh, we know that term now. Morphing hey, grid. The morphing grid. 
Um, for you guys that don't know, we also host another <laughs> show called Beards and Comics Podcast, where every week we go through a different comic book and give you our creative thoughts. The last one we did was on the Power Rangers universe number uno, and it was about the Morgan Grid. Anyway, Hashtag ad. yeah, um, provides us with a necessary link to the Morphin Grid so we obtain our morphing powers. Tommy's research over the past four months was impressive. He had used all different types of equipment just to confirm the threat. From the dino gems to satellite tracking, the report he printed off didn't have the exact location, but it was confirmed that the egg was inside a cave at the very top of the dense forest west from headquarters. Connor broke the silence. What are we waiting for? Just activate a dino energy radar and keep going west until we get a signal. Connor grabs the red gem gemstone from the box and tyrannomorpher which was in the opposite briefcase, Connor pauses and stares back at the four bewildered faces. Did I say something wrong? After a short pause, Ethan, Kira, and Tommy get their equipment. Trent outstretches his hand, and the white dino gem transfers, transfigures into a thin sheet of metal that wraps around Trent's wrists. The bracelet lights up and becomes a dragomorpher. Bonus. Get the gemstone, and the morpher comes free. The rangers, rangers laugh in a hysteric fit at Trent. At, yep, at Trent's unusual lightheartedness. Ethan grabs a radar. The mission has begun. The rangers walk in line toward Tommy's Jeep and jump on board. The engine starts up and the vehicle departs. The, the Jeep kept on rolling for over an hour, past a few small towns and into thick forestry. Finally, the radar makes a distinct, shrilling sound. Dr. O, I got a signal. It's probably scree. I'm sure it is, but I'm going to stop right there because we have the signal. Dun, 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 dun. All right. So this was the beginning of Power Rangers Dino Thunder Neo. Um, we've met our team. We have reassembled said team said team now has their morphers and their dino gems and they have now gotten a signal to hopefully be able to uh, get back into the morphing grid power <laughs> question mark <laughs> we know a lot about power rangers guys if you couldn't tell um yeah, so this is not an incredibly long story, um, but we'll be in it for just a little while. Um, we are in chapter one, and then um, you know next week we'll we'll get into what happens. Uh, we're going to start seeing some battle stuff, and yeah, um, yeah so uh, next one's going to end with a little bit of a banger. Are there space putties? I don't know. We'll have to read it and find out. Mm. Um, well, Matt, what do you think so far? I mean, I'm, I'm down. There better be You're some like, sweet, sweet dinosaurs. You ain't it for the ride, though? I mean, I'm here. I'm He's strapped here, in. Yeah. He's strapped in. I don't know. Hands I and feet going. inside the vehicle. I'm not I'm not going nowhere. Nope. Well, guys. This is um, my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, guys, that's going to be it for this episode of uh, the Dementophobia podcast. Make sure you're following us everywhere. Um, you know, let's continue the story, see what happens. Um, if you guys want to read ahead, 
uh, link in the description. If you don't, join us. This story we will see all the way through. Um, this was the more introductory episode toward uh, what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's going to get crazy next week, y'all. Matt, thoughts, concerns, statements? Uh, I'm good. That sounds sounds like a plan. All right. Give everyone the final word. Uh, is do I, Am I using the same one? Any word. Um, uh, uh, pie. The Dementophobia podcast is part of the Beards and Comics Network and is a production of Catalyst Comics Studio. For more information, visit CatalystComicsStudio.com and follow at ComicsBeards on Twitter.